Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The eyes to the left. Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Mirror's political podcast. And we're coming today with a budget special. My name is Jason Beatty. I'm the head of politics at Mirror. I'm joined by Kevin Maguire and my colleague Nicola Bartlett. And we've endured, suffered, tolerated an hour of Philip Hammond today as he delivered his big financial statement. There were two huge screaming headlines out of it. One was that we are going to be poor. Growth is down year by year. And the other was his announcement on housing, in particular, a cut of stamp duty for first time buyers. But how good an announcement was it? And will it move the market? And will it save Philip Hanneman's job? Kevin, what did you think of it? Well, the gap in growth is absolutely astonishing. Down forecast this year from two to one and a half percent over a five-year period, down about two and a half percent overall. That at the end of the period, what is sixty-five billion pounds less in the economy? That's absolutely astonishing. That is like the size of the education budget is just going to go missing. Partly because it is the failure of austerity inherited from George Osborne. Some of it is structural changes, which you can't entirely blame on the government over low productivity. And the other, of course, is, is Brexit, where he announces he's going to spend an extra three billion preparing for Brexit. That's on top of the 0.7 billion already he spent. Now, he's only announced in England an extra 2.8 billion for the NHS. It wasn't down the side of Boris Johnson's bus that we're going to be spending more on Brexit than we are on uh, increasing the NHS, but that is the reality. Yeah, People £29 who... million pounds a week now preparing yeah. for Brexit over the next two years, as opposed to, as you say, £350 million pounds a week we were promised for the NHS. Absolutely. People who voted leave and believed that uh, promise of the £350 million pounds a week, which Dominic Cummins, who ran the Vote Leave camp- mm. campaign, says was absolutely crucial in getting that narrow referendum win, they're entitled to feel con, deceived, and very, very angry about it. Then on top of that, his big, big housing uh, plan, abolishing uh, first um, stamp duty for most first-time buyers, it turns out you read the Office for Budget Responsibility book, which I've got in front of now, me. Now, these are the, this is the kind of independent watchdog, isn't it? They are. The Treasury used to do its own forecast, and they hived them off to now, the OBR. Now we've got some proper yeah. wonky heads doing some proper maths. The OBR says, for first-time buyers, the cost of buying a house will now go up more than you will save on stamp duty. I mean, if that's not a policy backfiring, I don't know what is. And if you're selling to a first-time yeah. buyer, great, you'll make more money. Yeah, this is, this is the devilish small print, because it, it says yep. not only will price prices go up, it's only going to help 3,500 people, this policy. 3,500 extra buyers. Others oh. will. Others who are buying won't pay stamp duty. They'll just pay more for their house. Now, you could argue they'll put that on a mortgage so they won't have to save it. There's, there's something in that. But 
We've got to build and get prices down. There's no point fueling this boom time after time after time. Again, with, with gloomy Phil, who is like an undertaker. And he, he, get, he, gets up, he gets up there and he, your heart hardly uh, jumps. But it's falling apart incredibly quickly. Now, Nicola, you're you're a token millennial here amongst, <laughs> the, amongst the, the two old muppets from the, in the gallery. So, did this policy, well, you know, will young people now be convinced that you know that they should stop, you know, ditch Corbyn and start kind of rushing back to the arms of Conservatives or not? I mean, I don't think so. It's it's sort of as with a lot of these policies, it sounds like tinkering around the edges, really. And I, I don't really know anybody. Certainly, none of my friends are in a position to to even consider buying a house. Um, let alone, you know, paying three hundred thousand pounds or more for one. So I think it's it's really it sounds like they want to tap into what my generation is concerned about, but just don't have any bearing on on reality that people are facing. You're um, getting free rail travel now if you're age twenty six. <laughs> so, so it's a thirty pound rail card worth yeah, third yeah, off. Third <laughs> off. That, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> good offer, isn't it? For an extra you, five are years. Are you disappointed with that, Nicola? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it. It's it's another one of these gimmicks, really. I think they think that young people are stupid, and that if you just give away these little freebies, like you might get to to you know change your bank account or get a loyalty card somewhere, it's not really the same when it comes to to the economy and actually trusting these people um, with the country. It's just amazing that they think that those little things will convince people to trust them. I mean, the over the overall state of the economy as you said Kevin is, is just so concerning for most people that it's not going to um, assuage any fears just by kind of giving little little bits here and there and I think especially on housing the main problem is we have a huge housing crisis in this country and the amounts of money that they're setting aside for house building are just so small I mean there, there are little bits of good in there that you know allowing housing associations to borrow yeah that's that's good and um, councils being given powers to charge 100% council tax premium on empty properties. But you're really talking about little things, and there's no big radical but, statement. Yeah, and and the key here was that all the stuff which they need to unlock the housing market, which is reforming planning laws, yeah. they don't go near, and they, you know, they're not even going to look at the green belt. And they, they talked about possibly introducing a compulsory purchase scheme, a scheme which Ed Miliband announced at conference when he said, you know, use it or lose it, and was derided by the Tories for being Venezuelan state <laughs> controller. I, I kind of, you know, they, they, they are trying to wrestling with this problem of how to tackle these big, big issues, yeah. how to kind of fend off the kind of threat by Corbyn and coming up with kind of half measures. Right, I mean, you know, millennials, I mean, you are, Nicola, you're a bit picky. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, this little rail card, you just throw it back. I know you might want your £9,250 a year university tuition fees abolished in England, <laughs> but you may want a £10 minimum wage from the age of 18, rather than so very low. But, uh, yeah. but hey, it's, it's, it's because here we have, it's, it's, it's an ideological chasm between the two parties yeah. it was with Ed Billaband, it's widened with Jeremy Corbyn it's all about how much the state, the public sphere becomes involved in decisions by corporations private companies on behalf of the public good and the Conservatives are still resisting intervening on behalf of citizens and 
And politics, in many ways, is a triumph over over economics and corporations. That's what democracy is about. It gives you a voice. If you get the government, that will represent you. And just letting big housing company, land bank, uh, including a company associated with uh, Philip Hammond that he owned him himself. So what's he really going to do there? He sees it from the property developer problem rather than the person coming along wanting to buy a house. They just, they just haven't got the mindset to tackle the big issues facing Britain. And when he talks and somehow boasts about the minimum wage going up to 7 83 an hour and calls it a living wage, I want to scream every time because look, you know, the, the experts say you need at least £8.75 an hour or £10.20 well, in London. Well, let's come on, because that's a really good point. Let's come on to the things he didn't mention, because I thought that was fascinating. Not a single mention of social care, probably the biggest nope. crisis we've got in our country at the moment. Yep. Nothing on it at all. Nothing for, for helping out councils, which are more the bunch of austerity. Nope. No extra money for the police. We've nope. had a wave of terror attacks this year, yep. yet nothing for police and counter-terrorism. Uh, a piddly, tiny little amount for, for, for schools in terms of maths teaching, but nothing to help general education budget mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and, you know, across whole areas and no pay rise for public sector workers, even no. on nurses who he said they may get a pay rise on certain conditions. We'll come back to that later. So across the board, there was a kind of you know, great vacuum there. You know, I again, I just don't think he, he cares enough or wants enough to tackle these problems, which are which are people's lives. Wages are falling again in real terms because inflation and RPI is 4% and wages are going up 2.2%. I think the TUC calculates that compared to 2008, the typical worker is something like 38 quid a week worse off. Uh, In the end, you have to intervene. You have to spend. You will have to tax somehow to do it. Uh, Labour would go off the, uh, after the after the wealthier. He doesn't want to do it. And he'll tinker around, for instance, after the, the parasite papers and massive uh, tax avoidance in some cases. The Queen denies it. Uh, but there we are. Uh, but, uh, but massive tax avoidance in some cases. That's why people use tax havens. They do not use tax havens to pay tax. They use it to, to avoid it. And he, and he tinkers because he, he just hasn't got the political will to do it. And I don't think he's got the political space to do it either. You remember, the Conservatives don't have a majority. They, he's tried to put controversial measures through before he did it in his March budget, which yep. blew up in his face. It, and a revolt by the backbenchers went, uh-uh, you can't do this. And he's he's so constrained. You know, he's straightjacket film or anything else. He can't do anything with any great imagination or scale because of it. Uh, Philip Hammond is the worst chancellor since Norman Lamont. That's very uh, damning. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but you look, at, you look at Ken Clark, Gordon Brown, Alistair Darling. I would even say, and it pains me, and this has to be dragged from Don't me. do this, Kevin. You know, I know, I know. The, the, the editor of the Evening Standard at least seemed to know what he was doing. A lot of it was wrong. A lot of it was miserable. I hated his yeah. dividing lines on welfare cuts and so on and uh, turning people against each other. And he brought in the pay cut. But he had a level of confidence with his evilness that is lacking with... Uh, yeah, you see, talking about when I think we've gone from a kind of, you know, the pasty tax debacle of him to the patsy tax, where a lot of people have kind of been completely gulled by, by some of the measures announced today. You know, I thought yeah. it was a, an exercise in distraction. You would say, oh, we're, we're free kind of, you know, duty on spirits and, and, and petrol and wine, which are all, you know, good kind of, kind of, kind of commercial doorstep measures. But look away, because we're actually going to be much poorer... 
and you know the economy's going to shrink and we've got to pay all this money to Brexit. Yeah, well, on housing, he's put the comeback in the Conservative and, and why he expects credit when he's not going to club you over the head or over something, I, I never I never under, mm. uh, understand. But the, 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 the Tory MPs cheered his stamp duty abolition for, for first-time buyers up to 300,000 or you know, 500,000 mm. in some other cases. I don't really think they knew what they were cheering. They didn't realise the impact of it. It's, it's rather like uh, it's just it's just crazy. They're just they're, they're in the dark. Yeah, and, and Nicola there was you know there was a kind of bit of kind of sticking plaster, kind of you know emergency surgery stuff and stuff taking place as well with the universal credit. He what what did the Chancellor do on that? So yeah, he's basically announced a one point five billion pound package. Um, the main concern with universal credit was this waiting time of, of six weeks, and he has listened you can't fault him for that and he's reduced it by a whole week that's very good of him um, which says i think just how little he understands the the problems that people are facing um you could say well at least they're, they're sort of reducing this key component but it's not coming into force until february and one of the main worries is that the next um raft of areas where universal credit will be rolled out is in the next few weeks so it's hitting people just before Christmas, which is already such a difficult time. So they won't get any help over this holiday period at all? No, so this all the changes to universal credit, which um, also include, um, basically, you can get an advance payment if you're struggling, um, and he's reducing that. So you can get, instead of getting half of the advance payment, you can now get a whole advance payment um, within five days of applying, but that's not until January. So again, that won't help anyone before Christmas. But of course, to get that advance payment, they want lots of uh, lots of information you may not have. Yeah. They don't just dole out the the cash when you ring up the number or get online. Uh, and he's not reversing the the welfare cuts, which are built into universal credit. So many people will just be worse off yeah. by huge amounts and, and, every year. And the important thing is, many of these people are in work. Yeah. They are, well, and it's not making work pay, which was its central right. premise of its whole creation by Ian Duncan. Well, the claw the clawback rate on uh, is about sixty five percent. Now, can you yeah. imagine if the top rate of tax on people earning one hundred and fifty grand was sixty five percent? We'd be told there's no incentive for them to work. But at the bottom when you pay your income tax, national insurance, you begin losing your benefits. The rate the rate is around 65%, and yet you're kind of whipped into jobs uh, to do that. It's it's completely turned upside down, and it's cruel. And it, it doesn't know how people live their lives, and I think he really doesn't care. I remember earlier this year, he, he said, well, when you buy a, a new house, you don't immediately move all your furniture in. Yes, you do, because most of us have sold another house to move into a new house. But he's kind of got the mindset of somebody with several houses and who's rather comfortable in his own life. It's and funny as well, because that was the kind of accusation that we, we levelled at Osborne and yep. Cameron, that they were these eaten toffs who didn't really get how people live. And I think some people kind of maybe gave May and Hammond the benefit of the doubt and thought they were a bit more stuck in the real world, but it's not true at, at all. They don't, and, you know, that... Um the universal credit helpline charging was just so totemic of this government's failure to understand that when you don't have any money, you really don't have any money. You don't have savings you can dip into or, you know, family you can go and borrow off. That's how most people, you know, how a lot of people anyway live. Yeah, I think, Nicola, they see it as your fault, almost a moral failing, not the fact that Britain, with 
something like six million people earning less than a living wage has got a l terrible low wage curse. And it doesn't matter how hard you graft, there are some people who are going to be stuck in very low paid jobs. Jobs that we're, we're all bloody delighted they do and uh, the country would collapse if they didn't. But they deserve to be paid more. They're not. But it's somehow their fault. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. And no, May, May and Hammond have squandered whatever goodwill uh, yeah. they had. And I thought one of the jarring bits about his statement today was he, he peppered it with what I would put in inverted commas I called jokes. They weren't oh, particularly funny. But they were some of the most gross worthy jokes I've ever come across. He's oh, cough sweet, so I say. Oh, I'd got me. Uh, of course, when May at the Tory conference, when bits of furniture were dropping off the wall and so on, and she, a voice went and he handed her a cough sweet. So, ooh, I might need a cough sweet. And there, on cue, like a, like a mouse going into a trap, and hearing the snap, she uh, waves a box of, of cough sweet. Oh, God, dear. I know, pantomime season has come early. Yeah. I wouldn't pay tickets to go to that one if I were you. Oh. I, 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 and that, was, that was, wasn't was even the worst joke. I mean, there, there was like Hammond and May. Hammond, Clarkson and May, which, which kind of, you could hear the clang from a kind of, across the other side of London, it was so bad. I'll never forgive him for making me feel sorry for for old Clarkson <laughs> being subjected to a car crash duel. You are quite traumatised. I, I am. I'm mean, sorry I'm, for Jeremy Clarkson yeah. and George Osborne. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's what he's done to you. I think I need to qualify the Osborne. I think, he, it's just, I think, I just think Hammond's a, a worse chance. I always felt that Osborne knew what he did, however much I hated what he did, and, and, and some of it was such calculated callousness and cruelty. But he was more more aware. Interesting. Now, was, is this enough to say Philip Hammond's job? There was lots of chatter, kind of, in the run up to the budget. This was kind of make or break for him personally. But if he didn't do something kind of game changing and bold, that this could be his last one as Chancellor. What, what do you think? Um, well, it it just depends on on Theresa May and her. I mean, she's so weak as a, as a prime minister, um, and. This budget is kind of so ineffectual. You kind of think, well, is there any any real big, huge mistake in it, or is it just kind of adjusting things slightly? I think I don't know what the will of of the Tory cabinet is when it comes to him. Obviously, he's got a lot of enemies within it, but has he done enough? And is there enough will at this time to go through that upheaval of having a new chancellor? You know, she's just had to have um, two minor reshuffles that she didn't want to have. Is there kind of the will to to make this huge change? Which, you know, changing a chancellor is not just kind of an ordinary uh, job replacement. It's kind of signalling often a new direction for the government. I think, Jason, the fundamental problem is the ideology of the Tory Party, which is still wedded to austerity and non-intervention wherever it can, and thinking all the answers lie in the pri in the private sector, where and the public sector is a, is a realm they don't want to go. So. Of course he deserves to go. He's, he's utterly incompetent and useless and doesn't inspire any confidence. But who would replace him? Would Michael Gore be any better? He could even be worse. Uh, well, you might get somebody like... he's Gore. even more kind of ideological... Absolutely. Than Hammond, isn't oh, he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a real... Oh. You know, he is a friend of the neocons, Michael yep. Gove. Yep. Particularly on foreign affairs. I think that's quite a fight. He may know long economic words, but he's. Uh, yep. I think he's quite a frightening prospect yep. as Chancellor. And also, you know... The chances then of a hard Brexit are even more likely if you've got a Brexiteer in charge. No, that's right. He would, he'd want to spend even more money on Brexit and uh, stick two mm. fingers up at the other 27 in, in, in negotiations. Okay. Right, let's play quickly just as a final round. If, if you were Chancellor and you'd presented the budget today, what would be the one policy you would have introduced? If I, if I was? Yeah. 
Oh, I, th I think that would have uh, lifted the public sector pay cup. Nicola? Properly lifted A it. A proper decent rail card? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have to be, um, I think, a... a a one-off tax for social care. You've just stolen my idea. I, <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think yeah, I was going to. That was my idea. Was money for social care? It's really, isn't so it? important. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is my age, but I think failing that, I would have done something to help renters. I thought that was a big gap yeah. in the housing policy. A lot about trying to solve the problems of supply, but nothing about the generation renters who are facing higher and higher rents each year and no way out of it and because they got the rent, high rents they can't afford to save a deposit to get them a housing ladder the, uh, it, it goes back to the Tories are the rentier class they're the mm. you know, they're the party they are the party of the landlords about, mm. thing, about a third of their MPs yeah. let out uh, uh, houses flats and, and so on and you think the only way to deal with it is you have got a massive public uh, building programme rather than wasting money on housing benefit um, both councils and housing, housing associations take the land from these land bankers uh, and also you have to introduce longer tenancies and better rent controls and there's just they're just incapable in their mindset of going there they, they just as you said earlier nuclear they have they have no experience of, of life at all do they some of it's a major problem that was a really interesting discussion of the budget thank you for listening uh, you can follow us at www.mirror.co.uk forward slash eyes that's a y e s um, I'm on Twitter as at JBT Mirror. Kevin's at... Uh, at Kevin underscore Maguire, M-A-J-U-I-R-E. And Nicola? Nicola R. Bartlett. So please go to the site, leave your comments, subscribe, let us know what else you'd like us to discuss. Thanks very much. The Eyes to the Left 